0: have you bottled if a person was struck by an arrow is it painful and then if the person is struck by a second arrow is it even more painful Hmm. this is the way of life We cannot always control the first arrow, but the second arrow is our reaction to the first. And with this second arrow comes the possibility of choice. Hmm, choice. So right now we are all experiencing the turmoil of coronavirus, and this is our first arrow. Agreed? Okay, we are impacted by things like travel restrictions, socializing, in the UK, toilet paper, I'm not sure about the rest of the world, Uh, businesses closing down. There's just so many restrictions and turmoil being thrown our way. But the second arrow is about anxiety. Anxiety about getting the virus, worrying about our loved ones getting it, worries of the financial impact and I'm sure there's many other dark scenarios that are going on in your mind right now. All of which is to some large extent of our own making. Let me reassure you, it's important to remember that these second arrows, our emotions, our psychological responses to crisis, are natural and very human. But the truth is, they often bring us more suffering by cluttering our minds and keeping us from seeing clearly. Today, we have Bernadette Bruckner with us to answer a very big and important question about the second arrow. Our big question today is how to build your resilience in the face of a crisis. Bernadette helps you meet your own potential from inside out. And due to her keen interest in corporate communication, marketing, human resources, and many other business areas, she has acquired an enormous amount of knowledge in the last 30 years. Bernadette is an international editor and author of numerous books in various languages, plus has an international PhD in the field of neuro and psycholinguistics. In connection with public health health communications neuroplasticity and health economics what a fantastic human being oh my god Bernadette welcome to success talks how
1: is life treating you hello hello from austria i'm totally excited that we have to talk today my phd is not yet finished but i'm working on it and the field, what you said, is just totally exciting. And I never thought when I began the PhD uh, around my uh, research topic, health framing, that it will be so current with COVID-19. It's really, it's just, I, I'm just blown away, actually. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very current.
0: And in an industry that's growing, there's more awareness around it from what I'm seeing, but then that might be because I'm a personal development coach.
1: <laughs> and for me, it's interesting because now – the topic uh, around public health about he- uh, health promotion and corporate health arises in austria and i'm so I'm, I'm 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 thrilled i'm blessed and i'm totally grateful that finally a topic around health is arising that mm-hmm. we are that we are empower ourselves that we uh, open up also for health literacy and gaining more insights about staying healthy and not waiting till we are, you know, ill again, but staying healthy again and becoming totally aware about resilience, about healthy nutrition, about moving, mm-hmm. like sport and everything else. And this is just for me, yes, finally we did it. <laughs> and it's not um, always it's not always about toilet paper. We also had the toilet paper gate in Austria, and it was we had no idea what's going on at the moment when people are fighting about toilet paper.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, that was the first crisis. Was <laughs> yes. Can anyone get any toilet paper? Like, what the hell is going on? Oh, and it's definitely evolved since then. But uh, I, I feel somewhat the same as you, where there's a a crisis. There's many beautiful things that's happening, and for us uh, around the world, it's centered around our health, and that's just beautiful because everything that we do is is part of our health from the mental aspect the emotional aspect our physical and so it's it's great to see that there's more momentum in in the health arena
1: also that and isn't it interesting that we need like a global crisis who is shaking us not stirred but truly shaking us in our core beliefs that so many changes are happening. Yes, we had a lot of losses. Yes, we had a lot of the domestic violence raised, the suicide raised, depression raised, burning out raised. But if you truly think about it, all those topics were there before too. <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't cut the stage and the, the show up. And finally, it, it, has, it has became a value and finally, we think about health, which is like it was always there. Health is always there. We only begin to think about health when we are ill, when there are crises, when something else is just happening. And maybe this was exactly the wake up for a lot of people because it's so globally and is is giving us also the opportunity to to get together, to grow together. Because we we had we got something what is actually confronting us everybody of us it doesn't matter if we have a lot of money or which status we have it affects us and this is so interesting to see and through my life story I build up a huge resilience a sense of coherence and since COVID nineteen I just give a lot of tips and a lot of I support a lot of people as much as possible to reframe the anxiety the fear and all the uncertainty in changes, mm-hmm. and a lot of we have a choice we have a choice to look the way it is because it's still there but what you make out of it and this is an inspiration of virginia satir and virginia satir was the founder of the family therapist the life is what it is the way we look at it and the way we We react on it. This is a choice. And this is something because I'm actually an introvert person going out and and I always say I'm a research nerd and going out (laughs) and talking about my PhD topic, talking about resilience and talking about people. Make it a chance out of it. You have the choice that you finally get being becoming quiet and seeing what it is and make maybe going today a new path for something what you love, because there's a lot of people out there who are not satisfied about the job about the life about the partnership, and maybe now is maybe the time that we make new choices and maybe choose a job what we love, a partnership what we love, because life became through covid um. An end because a lot of people be- believe that we, we we live endless and yet is something coming like this and something we need like a wake-up call uh connected with health, that we understand that we are not um that we don't live forever mm, it's interesting life-
0: you say that because uh i have this very morbid habit where i would watch films that someone tragically dies, and so I think about how that could be my life, and those that I love, and it's just that time for me to connect. And I, I think of a, partic- a particular person, and I think, oh, that's my, I don't know, um uh, cousin or something. And uh, how would I feel in that moment? So it makes me connect back to what well, life is is precious. Yes, And we need to do more for ourselves, first of all, and do more for those that we, we love and, and just connect with each
1: other on, on multi-levels. Multi and also living the life you love. I met so many people who told me when I'm in pension, when I retire, I do what I love. And I'm like, why not now? Do it now, do it now. What why are you waiting for? yes i have no idea and the interesting part is the person who told me that he retired and died really very soon afterwards he retired and this was like why waiting yeah and and i nearly died four times so for me every single second every single moment is precious say that again you nearly died four times yes yes And the last one was a car accident where I still have no idea how I survived without any scratches. It was 2015. And for me, this was my last wake-up call saying, I'm doing now every single moment something what I love. That's when I begin writing my books and and just uh, do my researches and going on with everything what I truly love. Also uh, traveling, which was not possible at the moment, but still, and taking care of my family staying at home for such a long time with my family, a lot of old issues got solved. And I enjoy every single moment being at home with my parents. And um, we even found letters from my grandfather to my father when he was uh, in prison uh, during the Second World War. So we have the choice and we have the possibility to heal maybe old wounds because we did we don't get distracted anymore what we had before in COVID-19 a lot of people did party traveling we had career business everything else we were totally busy 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 noise distractions yes but with COVID-19 it was like silent. Sometimes with the first lockdown, I don't know how it was in your country, but I had the feeling this was like we are standing still. You didn't hear any car, nothing. You hear you I heard the the um the birds singing. This was something very unusual because um I'm next to the street, it was very busy before and everything else. And even I even could sleep better first uh, during the first lockdown and as introvert um i didn't mind i i had home office anyway before so for me it was not a big change not being in the company or something like that Um but the silence was so beautiful and i coached and co- i combined a lot of people since covid19 because they couldn't, they couldn't handle it especially extrovert people there was That's like me. I was struggling at first. <laughs> yes, and there was like, I can't go out there. I can't meet anybody. I'm like, if you need someone to talk, just tell me. Yes, it's online, but at least you have someone there. For me, I'm introvert. I doesn't. I don't mind at all. And this was so interesting, uh, which kind of characters coming out when you cannot handle what happens at the moment, and in times of crisis. When the old strategies don't work anymore, people become confused and you saw it. I mean, did we ever had um of any fights about toilet paper before the first lockdown? I don't know. I never saw it before in Austria. I don't know as in your country, but I was I was totally confused seeing that. I was like, You cannot ship that much. What do you <laughs> buy buy on I'm sorry to say this, but yeah, what you so buy true. on toilet paper? And the interesting part is uh in Austria, like we love cake. I even can I'm I'm I, I can make apple strudel pretty good. And like the second gate after the toilet paper gate was about um uh you how do you say the name? flour? English? Yes. Flour. We have the same thing. Everyone was baking. And I was like flour. What? I mean, I'm pretty sure I never um, met any person yet who didn't gain while COVID-19 because everybody's baking and my mom was making cakes and I was like, who is eating at all? Yeah, me. <laughs> it's okay, mom. I mean, she, and she, her her cakes are truly very good, very good. But the people, we couldn't invite anybody. So I was like, mom, I don't want to eat any cake anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh- and at the third lockdown last summer it was like because we had i think more lo- lockdowns and and than in uk we had four lockdowns at them uh, already um and then last summer there was like everybody's buying pool i it was like so weird everybody wants to uh, they they made their home very nice this i mean it's a good idea making your own your own home very nice, but a lot of people uh, bought pools to swim in there. Wow.
0: Okay. We're not experiencing that one, but that could be because of our weather. Or oh, okay. I'm not searching for pools to know that there's a shortage there. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure.
1: It's the same with e-bikes. There was such oh, a, yes. everybody was buying yeah. e-bikes. And I mean it's it's I thought because Austria is truly beautiful, and I'm pretty sure that all the Austrians have no idea how beautiful Austria is because everybody is, you know, traveling abroad. But last summer we didn't have any chance and there was places out there the austrian visited because we knew you don't get a second chance anymore uh, because no tourists were there and normally it's full of tourists and i said to my mom we have to go there you never know again if we ever can go there to this place be- without any tourists so <laughs> the austrian finally enjoyed Austria. And for me, it was such a blessing because our last summer was beautiful in Austria. And this was so interesting and everybody was so satisfied and happy and content. I was talking with so many elderly people and they truly enjoyed the weather. They truly enjoyed going hiking and biking and everything else. And I'm like, yes, we have a wonderful country finally. what's happening there? So that's quite
0: interesting because it's the same over in the UK. Um, I'd like to speak to someone maybe in Japan or something see what it's like in uh, in Asia. Uh, So yeah, with with the change of okay, so Coronavirus is here. And then we had the unusual behavior around the toilet paper. So everyone was very chaotic, uh, very fearful. So that was like the peak of anxiety. We then moved over to changing our approaches. We've had some stillness, some people have questioned their lives and they've made some changes, some beautiful changes like career career choices. But then we've moved into appreciation of our our, you know facilities our nature and and moving into more health-based solutions whether that's getting the bikes whether that's um doing more meditation sleeping well so there seems to be a nice like interesting curve is this normal for crisis and are we all just naturally building our resilience because
1: what else have we got to do i think we are kind of generation and um who, and also in my country who never experienced war. our grandparents and also my father because my father was is a war child, they experienced that. And a lot of many times my mom said it feels like after the second World War. And she knew what to do. We did a lot of cooking, we did a lot of um, uh, getting a lot of food because we never know if, if there are any black bodies coming or not regarding having no energy or something like that and that's why and we also in the countryside and we we knew where to get all the our food because our neighbor has the fish uh, the other neighbor has the eggs because they had the chicken there and all the things and this was something what what, what she experienced also in the uh, after the second world war that on the countryside there was always food because there was the farmers and you we knew just to get it
0: okay, yes, so it's based on experience then yes
1: I mean, based on experience was, um, But. But uh, and I got all the the stories told as child. So for me it was like okay, I knew we have to do this, this, and this, and this because um, my grandparents and also my parents told me what happens in the in the war and all the things. And yet the generation after us experience different again because mm-hmm. we 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 don't. And I want to say we are a lucky generation because we actually have no idea about war. Hmm. And yet, we get totally confused when we when it's like there were a lot of people who complained because they got shortened down in their freedom. Which, in my opinion, it's it's like in the head because we still could do everything what we want, and there was no um, there was no no war situation as uh, mm-hmm. except in Vienna the terrorist attack what we had uh, last summer, which was the, a next shock uh, what we had in Austria, and yet. I'm I'm pretty sure that like situation like this, when we begin to to get the feeling of I can handle it, we are building up resilience. And also the sense of coherence. Because we actually we we, we didn't had any pandemic, we didn't had any shortens in food. We still everybody could still buy the most important things, schnitzel and beer. <laughs> um And also we we still could get all the the food what we are used to um, because there was no shortage there. And yet for me, um, the topic about survival is still, I'm I'm very interested in a lot of topics. One of them is about survival uh, training and all the things. And for me, it was clear um, when you prepare everything, what you need and maybe having one day a blackout, we are prepared. We have everything there because living outtake is something I'm I'm totally interested in for many many years, and that's why I build up my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And other people are well, because in Austria, I don't know as in your country, but uh, our psychotherapists they are overloaded with work because a lot of people out there. Uh, It seems like even um, with all the trainings they get about resilience, because this was a totally boom before COVID-19 in the companies, uh, a lot of trainings about a lot of information about resilience was there. And yet now we have the crisis and like no one can remember about resilience. And this is so interesting because implementing information, implementing knowledge, what we get... um, from, from, from trainings, from school, from Google or everything else, because we are over-informed and yet we cannot implement it in our daily living. And I'm like, something is wrong here. Is that because this
0: resilience is something you have to experience rather than learn from a textbook?
1: You have to train it. It's like with the language. You cannot, you, you cannot learn a language um, from one day to another without any training. So give me some examples someone who's listening to this who okay
0: coronavirus has for everyone everyone's learned a lesson there and has built some level of resilience but that to one side like a day-to-day scenario how could
1: someone build resilience like in neuroscience you say you have to train something at least 21 days that it becomes like a behavior or a habit it's like the same with the toothbrushing and when you wanna learn new strategies, you can learn it like in the military, they do, they, they, they do trainings every single day, maybe for one day when they have to go to war that they know what to do, otherwise they die. They, they, they die if they don't train it before. And it's the same with resilience. And usually, hopefully usually from books or from workshops, you get hands-on methods that you can implement it in your daily living. Mm-hmm. And like everything what you train, um, uh, like with, with eating, we, we, we just learn it from, from the scratch. Without that, we would, we would die because we would starve. Do
0: you have an example? So the one that springs to mind in, in my world, uh, to build my own resilience, mm-hmm. I had to do that very quickly when I was a salesperson and I did the whole cold calling thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Oh. Yeah, not cool, because people would just be like, go away, why are you calling me? Or, no, that's not what I want. And and I'd have some really interesting conversations. Uh, but that taught me to be resilient. And sometimes no is just a question, and you just need to explore what that is. Um, and to bounce back from those phone calls, just keep going, move forward. So that's, for me, my My first major memory of resilience as an adult. Are there other examples that someone can do without putting themselves in a very traumatic experience?
1: Well, like with you, what was your what was your reason you're still going on? Because either you get paid for it doing the calls, and it's the same with the crisis when you see and a lot of people begin to learn or change their strategies, their mental strategies, because with the strategies what they learned they can't go. It's always the same outcome, maybe depression, burnout or anything like this. So we have you have to change your strategies and changing your strategies sometimes needs uh, the bad experience to have the inner motivation of change mm-hmm. and change. Um, most of the time of us, we, we actually only change when the pain is big enough that we have to change. Yeah. Because we are comfy people and when it's, you know, when your strategy is working, then you still go on till it doesn't work anymore. True change is conscious. And yeah. this this is a decision. And as you said at the beginning, the first thing was by accident when you go in the wrong direction. When you do it the second time, the third time, then it's a choice. that You're still going in the wrong direction. And this is like in partnership you you always choose the same person with the same character and you you always fuck up with the same partnership and you're not changing anything so nothing changes so what about then because i had this
0: conversation with someone else um it was uh nikki matti jazic uh when it was around accountability and she said the same thing well, the, the vast majority of the time is what we summarize the vast majority of the time it comes from pain severe pain and that's enough to propel you out of it Um, But there is also another tactic, which is pleasure and using pleasure to draw you towards it. And the Mm -hmm. way in which I use that in my coaching practices is about creating the vision for your future 10 years from now. And in your article, you alluded to that about uh, when you're in a situation that's um, uh, turbulent, you question, is this? A problem right now? Is this a problem in one year? Is this a problem in five years? So that you have the full understanding of well, what is going on? And is it something I really need to react to and get worried about? Or is it something that's going to be okay and will serve me
1: better in my future? Another question is actually: do I recognize it that this is a problem and the wrong strategy or not? The first step is that I recognize that the strategy. What I learned, what usually works when there is a challenge or problem doesn't work anymore. And with a lot of people with uh, COVID-19 or Corona, it, the, the strategy, what we are used to when we have some kind of challenges, they don't work anymore. And as more lockdowns we had and as longer the things uh, is taken, because a lot of people always said, okay, there will be only one lockdown and then it will go away like the flu again. And they didn't. And the true changes became after, like in autumn, after half a year around, that people begin to change, that the people begin to more doing healthy stuff, that people begin to question what is actually going on here. The people begin to worry about that is not only about the elder people, but maybe also about other ages. And they begin, like we see, we see now in Austria, they begin to think about health promotion they begin to think about staying healthy uh building up the immune system instead of worrying all the time and they begin to question what is actually going on here so the cha- the, the stretch these chains because the pain is taking longer than everybody thought before and who who of you didn't talk with your neighbor or with your family about covid-19 i'm pretty sure everybody has a, an opinion about it and even families got separated because of the different opinion they had about something what what we cannot crap at all. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah the loss of
1: divide. Yes. And this this is also um the the strategies what we know before COVID they don't work anymore. So people begin to adapt on what's happening out there. They adapt and they begin to question now what can I do as as me a single person when out there all the others what the media is telling me and also the politicians telling me and everybody else what i should do and it doesn't work so i have to find myself new strategies and new solutions that i stay healthy um that i that i can work on my immune system that finally one day and the pain is big enough already at least in austria because they want to do their vacation abroad again yes and sometimes they want to go back to the normal living and this normal living doesn't exist anymore and i think they, they people still some realize it already and some don't we have more than ever uh, since the second world war unemployed people in austria the The um, market about finding a new job is bigger than ever. So there are new ways, new possibilities that maybe finally I can find now my dream job I always wanted, but never was possible before. We got new businesses in Austria and so incredible new innovation since COVID-19 that I'm so amazed about it. And other businesses got broken. And this is about resilience. Do I see a choice? Uh, Do I see a a future in there, as you said before? Can I see a bright future in there? Because I'm thinking innovative and I'm thinking out of the box. I'm thinking, what can I do with all the gifts what I have with also my employees to find new ways of business to serve the needs uh, of my target group and maybe also find new target groups out of it? And this is so interesting. This is, for me, yellow. What do you What do you always oh, yes. say with the yellow? Is,
0: yeah, the yellow part is and, about having that resilient mindset yes. and being optimistic and adapting to whatever's thrown to you because yes. if you know exactly where you're going, the vision for your future, you will always find a way, like always, equally, if it's so painful, you'll find a way to never go back there again even if there's limited resources, you will, you will get there. It's that relentlessness to keep moving. Uh, you may have some failures and that's fine, but it's moving forwards.
1: Forwards and also out of the box. Because and it's interesting, before COVID-19, a lot of people complained about their life. A lot of people complained about their job. A lot of people were complaining about this, 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 and this. I don't know if it's like an Austrian attitude about complaining, but this, this was complaining deluxe. Now we had COVID-19, and a lot of people were still complaining, but less. And as long as it took, as more people began to become grateful that they're still alive, that they're healthy, so mm-hmm. back back to the yep. roots, back to the basic, and I I met so many people saying now I have a choice to to reflect my life because I, they couldn't work, so they had time for themselves and finding whatever they wanted to do anyway. Decluttering was a, such a huge topic last year, and I'm like <laughs> finally inclusive <laughs> myself. By the way, I had time to do not only my bookkeeping. <laughs> but also green and everything. And this is so interesting, um, the complaining got less. Well, it's a beautiful future for us, it's change. And
0: that's that's where growth begins. Um, just to finish off, based on what you've shared today, what is the one key advice that you would give to the listeners?
1: Chill in. The reason of the, of the global crisis, it has a reason. Just chill and just enjoy the ride. <laughs> chill enjoy the ride maybe strap in a little (laughs) and smile because as you said before uh yes maybe we fail yeah yes maybe we fuck up but we made experience and we stand up we get our corona again back and just do it again but differently
0: yeah for sure so do you have any services or products available to help our listeners to go to yellow
1: Yes, I, I have I'm uh, through my life story. I'm creating my big wise. Actually, I create something what I needed myself 20 years ago. So I have a lot of books about resilience. Uh, one book series called uh, First Aid for the Soul, and my latest book is about and I'm serious. The title is Chill In Instead of Burnout, um, and I put in their hands-on methods because this is something what I miss a lot in the books. I'm I'm reading a lot. But these methods are, you're reading them and you can implement it in your daily living. Brilliant. I love to hear
0: that because the same thing has been bugging me. You read a book, you learn so much, you have stories, you relate, but then it's, well, what do you do? Like, how do
1: you do it? And so what you're you're saying is that in your books, you you give them the how. Yes, uh, these are working books. I sure. always say to my clients, you have to work, uh, if you want to truly want to have a change, you have to work and train on it. And this book, especially also the chill-in, I had so much fun doing it, uh, is um, really totally different methods because not for everybody is the same methods, you know, suitable. So I put in uh, 12 plus one. I love the last, the last type, by the way, my ultimative about chilling in. Um, and this is truly hands on. And you even can teach it to children. Nice. I
0: like that. That's that's brilliant. And how can
1: the listeners get in touch with you? I'm everywhere on social media. I hate I hate using my phone, but I love social media. So we, you will find me everywhere. Um except TikTok anymore, because this was too too much. <laughs> um but on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and also on Instagram, and I put a lot of I have a lot of videos on Facebook, also getting uh another tips also about food and everything else, because I want to support and nurture as many as possible in those times of crisis, we we, we can, we, we get it, we make it, we go together through this crisis.
0: Brilliant. Bernadette is available to support you, guide you, and inspire you on a journey to Yellow. Reach out to her today. Help is here. It's always here, but you must take the first step. Yes. Details can be found in the description. Bernadette, thank you for your words of wisdom today and in the Yellow magazine. May your life be yellow.